Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Craving juicy, hand-breaded, beer-battered chicken tenders? Not so. Get the Buffalo Wild Wings for five chicken tenders and fries for only $9.99. Get them plain or in any of our 24 sauces and seasonings. Whichever sauce you choose, you can't go wrong with beer-battered chicken tenders. So get the Buffalo Wild Wings for five chicken tenders plus fries for only $9.99. At participating Dayton locations for a limited time. Dine-in only. Excludes tax and gratuity. Not valid with any other offer. Valid on regular fries. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, everybody. Justin Kenner with you here. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. Uh, if you're flipping through and you just stopped on ESPN, 1410 Wing AM, we thank you. Uh, the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash will be back in two minutes. But keep in mind, we are opening up the phone lines at 457-9464. 937-457-9464. Reaction to the news that college football is on its way to potentially having the plug pulled. Buckeye fans, I know it's been an emotional day for you. You heard from us. We want to hear from you. We're taking your calls next right here on 1410 ESPN Radio, 457-9464. All right, everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. No Reds baseball tonight. The Reds have an off day before kicking off a series at Great American Ballpark. The Kansas City Royals, I don't know if you saw today, Kev, but the Reds are right now close to being able to potentially get 20,000 fans in the stands. Or no, it would be 8. It would be 20%. I had to look at the exact amount. I was getting the, the shoe mixed up with Great American. Regardless, it's kind of interesting to hear uh, the Reds' plans to get fans in the stands at GABP on a day where all football fans have just been rocked from the games. Uh, <laughs> does that mean that maybe you can't get those you know heated floors for your locker room? Because the boohoo stuff, I, that's the boohoo stuff, I'm telling you. The, the teams overspend for a lot of stuff that they have. Like Again, it's a lot of luxury stuff that, hey, mm-hmm. you're fortunate to have, but... I mean, that's what's tough when that's tough for me to feel bad for universities with stuff like that. Because if now you can't put flashy lights on the intro to you running out on the field, okay, sorry. <laughs> what, what? Uh, but if it's like you said, jobs, which, duh, that's definitely going to play a role in that. That's a whole other equation. But nonetheless, yes. Uh, and not everybody is Ohio State that uh, has announced that it could probably go a season without football and it not take that giant of a hit. They'll take a hit, but it won't be as giant of a hit, put it that way. But 457-9464, it's been a busy day. Um, and it's been very interesting when you when you look at what started yesterday. I mean, it actually started two days ago about this emergency meeting that team presidents or that school, that school presidents were meeting and school personnel uh, to vote on whether or not they want to have an upcoming fall season. Now, we're not talking athletic directors. We're not talking, you know, you know, athletic directors. We're not talking head coaches or players. We're talking school presidents. Because keep in mind, as everyone likes to remind me, remember, this is amateur sports. It's amateur. You, you are very right. So when you want to throw the word amateur sports around all the time, that's fine. But then whenever it's time to be an amateur sports team, 
you can't have players demanding this and that because you're amateur. It's amateurism. You know, you. I mean, you, how do you have a union? How do how do kids have a union? I mean, maybe our high schoolers here should form a union. Hey, the teachers, they're making us do too much homework. Let's form a union. Oh, but you can't because you're kids. Well, according to Kev, these are kids in college, so why, why are they forming unions and all this stuff? you got to be careful what you ask for. The, the players like, oh, we, we want a season. We all do. We all do. We all want a season. Uh, but at the same time, I don't blame school presidents for voting against this because they don't have their sports cap on. They have their, hey, I'm responsible for ev- for all 60,000-plus students that walk on this campus. I'm responsible for them. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. But- Cold word for lawsuits. Oh, but there's, yeah, you're going to get sued no matter what. You just got to look at, okay, who's going to sue me the least? And that's basically <laughs> where Let's go to David. David's on the line. David, how are you, sir? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, man. What you got going on? Have a good weekend? Yeah, I had a busy weekend. Thought about our conversation last Friday. Uh, oh, is this Shaw? Yes. Ah, you said you promised. You said you'd call, and here you are. What's up, man? Oh, uh, not a whole lot. Obviously, I had other things I wanted to talk to you guys about after last Friday, but then the news of the weekend and the news of the day kind of changes the topic. To be fair, David, it looks like you're going to be right. There is no chance Ohio State will put 100 on Michigan no, this year. I'm going to be right whether they played on the field. I know. Aye, aye, aye. Well, I mean, if we want to stay on that, I mean, it's just there's no way they were putting 100 on them. I, I, there's just no way. Um, it's I mean, go back to two years ago when Haskins was on the field with five minutes to go, and yeah, I mean, embarrassed to say, but we only gave up 60 at that point, so you can't say you took out the, the starters at that point. Haskins was still throwing touchdowns at that point. Uh, but, that, but that was little old Haskins. We're talking about Justin Fields here. Okay, well, last <laughs> no. year I was at the game, and I saw him still in the game late in the fourth quarter, so I mean, it, it, that, that's, I mean it's, it's neither here nor there. I just know this for a fact. Being around football as long as I have, you're not putting a hundred up on any Division One college football program. I don't care who it is, Alabama versus anybody. I don't care Ohio State versus anybody. I don't care. It's not happening. This is a bigger. It's not Michigan, Ohio State. It's football. Yep. You're not putting a hundred up on anybody. It's not happening. I don't. I. I don't see it. If it happens, and I'll, then I'll be the guy in the corner raising my hand. Wishing I'd have never said it, but I'll raise my hand and I'll admit to it. But it, it, it's just not happening. Not in modern era of football. It's just not. Sorry. No, nope, fair news enough. Of the, do what? I said fair enough. <laughs> but to the news of the day, um, I, what I want to know is what changed. What, uh, what I mean by that is it was the whole dog and pony show last week of, well, the schedule's coming out, the schedule's coming out, the schedule's coming out, the schedule's coming out. Well, then the schedule came out. Uh, so you get everybody's hopes up, you get everybody excited. Now we start talking about matchups. You talk about how Ohio State Michigan moved to the 24th of October. Um, get everybody all riled up about that, whether it should be played the last game of the year or whether it should be moved, whatever. Uh, all the stuff that went you know, about that. And then... You can have the argument political or not political. I know it's not a political show. I get that. But what I'm saying is nothing changed in the grand spectrum of COVID. Nothing changed. Like cases didn't spike. Some new study didn't come out to change the dynamic of COVID to where now all of a sudden these presidents need to sit there and think about okay, well, this new change, maybe we need to think about things different. Well, that That's what I want to know. What changed in five days from the release of the schedule to today 
to say, well, yeah, we're probably going to cancel it tomorrow morning. A lot of reports that are coming out that the communicate that the biggest issue with everything going on right now is the lack of communication between school presidents and their athletic directors in the plan moving forward. So with that being said, with a lot of presidents not really communicating at a high level with their athletic directors, and I'm not saying that that's every school, um, but uh, that seems to be the story for most right now. And with that being said, you know the Big Ten they had to move forward with hey we got to release this schedule we got to you know we're going to start on this date and here's who's who's here's who you are playing here's who you are playing and go from there. The thing is, this meeting on Saturday it didn't involve athletic directors. It wasn't an athletic director vote, and I know you know that because you already mentioned that right. the school presidents. I'm with you. I think that's the big question now is what has changed. But I think to be fair, I don't know if anything's changed mentally with school presidents. I think right now the reality of oh man. You know, students are going to be on our campuses here in the coming weeks. Uh, we already have students on campus, technically, who have started practice for the upcoming football season. I think right. the reality is just creeping up on a lot of these school presidents who are getting cold feet, who, again, aren't just making decisions for the athletes. They're making decisions for every professor and, you know, and st- that steps foot on that campus. I think that's really what it's coming down to. I think they just got scared is what it came down to. And they might be scared back the other way. I mean, there's a reason that the meetings today have not led to an official announcement of the season being canceled. Now, maybe that's coming tomorrow. That's what a lot of people are thinking. Um, but some are, are reports are coming out of those meetings that, hey, you know what? That no decision has been made yet and that there's still a lot on the, pa- on the table being discussed. So that's going to be key. Which I completely agree with that. But the, in the open conversation could, should continue. But my problem, the matter is, is why didn't the open dialogue happen months before? Well, I think right now, but everything changed. changes so much, though. I don't think it would have been smart to have a plan two months ago. Well, not a plan. That's you should well, always have I mean, plans more than one, but uh, to have a set plan is a completely different, though. No, I mean I'm not saying set plan. Everything has to be written in pencil. Nothing to be written in pen right now, and that's been decided since March when yeah. we, when everything got thrown in our face about this. But my but what I mean by have something in plan, meaning again, nothing has changed. In the grand scheme of things, I, 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 you hear national, you listen to national radio shows earlier in the morning, like I do while I'm at work, and the talk was, well, this heart issue came up. Well, right. That's that. Well, to me, that is nonsensical because the heart issue has been a thing since back in April when we were starting to learn more about the virus. So if you were paying any attention whatsoever, you would have known this heart issue was a was in other side effects with viruses and colds. Those come along with it. So there's an inherent risk with whatever we do. I think they freaked out after the MAC canceled their season on Saturday, and the Big Ten presidents went, whoa, wait a minute. If one of the bottom nine conferences, bottom nine of the ten conferences, can cancel their season, why are we sitting here moving forward like nothing's wrong here? So I think they went amongst each other, and they talked about it amongst themselves. And then, of course, you get those guys in, and they want to say the – I just want to know who was in the meeting. Yeah, the presidents – we know the presidents were there amongst the vote and all that. And they want to say that the medical doctors were there and the medical people were there and this and that. But my question to that is, why were no football people there? Why were no other athletes? That's where you blame Mark Emmert, though. To be fair, it's not up to the athletic directors, though. To be fair, Uh, Mark Emmert said it's up to on sports. But Mark decision on sports. But Mark Emmert said it was school presidents. But Mark Emmert said it was up to school presidents. 
And I, I get I get what you are saying, but that meeting was strictly for school presidents at that time. They demanded to have the meeting as well. And uh, and hey, I hate to rush this. I do have to go. I appreciate you calling though. Right. I mean, it, yeah, I can call back whenever. But it's just there's so much. There's so much. There's such a big issue that it's not to me. It's not just nailed down to to athletics. Like you have the kids coming in on campus. But it's okay for them to kill in on campus, but now we don't want to have athletics with it. It's, it's the whole double standard. It's the whole not being out front and open with everybody. That, that just has me confused. But you guys have a good rest of the show, and I'll talk to you guys later some other time. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. Uh, you were about to say something. He, he brought up a great point at the end um, about there's not being any transparency. You know, back, what was it, a couple months ago when – Clemson had their major player outbreak. Yep. We weren't getting information out of Clemson. Like, okay, they weren't getting the contact tracing. Like, that wasn't coming from Clemson. They were, like, being real secretive with their information. You know that. Then that's how reports are started coming about. Like, all right, they're trying to make sure all their players get it because there's word if you get it, you can't get it again. So that's, that's how they're making sure they can win the national championship. You started getting all that type of crazy talk. That That is true. There hasn't been any type of uniformity and that goes from how we love to talk about mark emmert and but that's also from the commissioners too of the conferences like we talked about this when the big 10 said they were only going to do a conference schedule you and i both said well that seems a little early or you said that it was a little early i was on the side of well Shouldn't they all be making this decision together since they're the Power Five? Like, we're the Power Five conferences. Maybe we should all be hook, line, and sinker, step-by-step, uniformity about how we're going to approach things. So he is right. It's a lot of stuff being behind closed doors, not being open to the public. Like, not only should it be open to the public because it's a fan base for your sport, but it should be – this. we're in a pandemic. We're in a state of emergency. Like, whatever your doctors are telling you, you need to be telling everybody so everybody's safety can be helped. Like, you need to be reporting not, not, that. Not when these athletes won't sign a waiver and everything's a lawsuit nowadays. I mean, to be fair, no, I'm not saying, transparency I'm not saying, a lot of times I'm not doesn't saying. come because they're protecting themselves. It's usually – I mean, they're not worried about students on other campuses because they're worried about protecting their, themselves. I'm not saying release people's names, but I'm saying, like, all right, these studies are showing this. This study is showing this. They're waiting for outside studies to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no uniformity with, all right – this com- this conference has these doctors doing this study. Then the Pac-12 has a different set of doctors doing a study. Like, there's nobody working in unison. And we can talk about, like he said, get political. But, like, we've been talking about this from the very jump. Like, leadership happens from the top to the bottom. And the lack of leadership with the NCAA, with our country in general, with this whole COVID-19 thing, has been a disaster. A disaster. I agree, but I promise you, if you put the best leadership in the front of the NCAA, this is still probably happening today. Like, th- like, there's nothing that any leadership could have done to change people not wanting to wear masks and blame other people. It wouldn't have changed the response from people outside of sports. Um, it wouldn't change the fact that you have students coming onto campus that aren't student athletes, and I don't care who's running the NCAA or who's running the Big Ten or the SEC. 
that would not change the fact that those students on campus carry a huge risk with them as well. This was always going to be, I'm not defending anybody, by the way, because mm-hmm. I'm with you. The leadership has been a joke. But to be fair, I think it's been a joke because no right answer ever presented itself along the way. The wait and see game was the motto from the very beginning. And the problem is, is that a lot of times when you wait and see, sometimes an answer presents itself. And unfortunately, that was not the case here. Um, that, that um, unfortunately, that has been the case here. There's really no, there was no right. There's a lot of wrong ways to handle this that we're seeing, but I don't know if there's a right way to handle this. To be fair, the wait and see thing never works. But Ever. with this, you have to because it's not the it changes day to day. I have no problem with the wait and see because this thing, this virus gets better some days, it gets worse some days, or it gets better over here on this side of the state on the country, and then it gets bad over here. I mean. Back in um, April, I remember saying, when we were talking about college football, oh, stop. Look at Ohio. Our numbers are fine. In fact, if anything, Ohio, they should do a bubble in Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. Now, look how embarrassing this state is. Luckily, you know, it's not Mercer County where people have to go play. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, the state, is, it got embarrassing for a while with the numbers and stuff. So that's what I mean by everything changes. Because if we would have had a, the NCAA could have come out and said, you know what? Ohio looks so great. We're going to play everything in Ohio, which was never really going to happen. You just you see my example, though. My point is, is at, at the end of the day, that's a situation where you can't make decisions back in April for something that clearly was going to change. I mean, New York, we thought, oh, man, there's no way that anything remotely close can happen around New York or to New York. Well, Rutgers, if there's a season, is going to be playing. That would not have been the case back in April. And Ohio State would have definitely been playing. But now all of a sudden it becomes very questionable. So that's all I'm saying is that's why the wait-and-see approach has to take place as far as that goes. I see that Mike is on hold. Steve, you just got in as well. Ron, I know you're there. we got plenty of time. we got plenty of calls and plenty of your reaction. I guess I'm just curious, who is to blame? I think you both can be – I think – I don't know if you can blame anybody. You could still – there could still be horrible leadership and still not really have a set person to blame because, in my opinion – there's not one person that could be in charge right now that would have allowed football to happen without a bump along the way. That's my whole point is because you would still have to make a decision based on everything right now. And right now, it's not comfortable for anyone to play, unfortunately. We'll find out. I see, uh, and again, more Facebook reaction. We'll get to Nick's response, Paul, and more from David. Uh, a lot of Facebook reaction. We're live on Facebook. Watch us live on Facebook, and you can comment in the comment section and be a part of the show. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. When we come back, don't go anywhere. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today... Make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. Your show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. A lot of reaction, of course, to a very busy day in the uh, rumor mill because no official reports have come out. Some report from the Detroit Free Press came out earlier today with, of course, very clickbaity language. And again, I do believe there's a lot of substance to this report that the 2020 Big Ten season is going to be canceled at any point. But uh, a lot of people have run with that and said it's official. Season's canceled. Uh, It could be canceled at any second. It could have been canceled 60 seconds ago, and I have no idea. But as of right now, the Big Ten had to come out and clarify some things saying, hey, nothing's been made official yet. Yet. As of right now, 
Nothing's been canceled. Uh, and let that brew a little bit as we uh, get set up for hour two. But again, just one more time, ESPN's Dan Murphy, uh, ESPN college football writer. Uh, he'll have the latest for us on what he's hearing surrounding the potential announcement that Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe not at all. Maybe this, uh, maybe the reaction, the public reaction, scared the Big Ten away from making this decision. Who knows? Uh, and we've seen people do that. They use public perception yeah. as a, you know, sometimes to kind of gauge where we where we would be at with that. I don't think anyone anticipated that they'd be happy if they pulled the plug right. of the season. But sometimes you at least kind of got to see where the chips fall as far as that goes. Yeah, you talked about that with baseball back when they were going through their back and forth situation about. You know, them leaking stuff to the media and floated out there about how they would go about the season and see the the repercussions of the fans, how the fans feel about it. So, you know, I don't think this is one of those situations, but, you know, it's not over yet. I'll just say it like that. Man, if you are Vince McMahon right now, do you realize, like, the opportunity you squandered? Oh. Do you realize that? Had he been able to keep the that you know him and Oliver Luck been able to keep that XFL going, and I bring that up, Dalton Cooper on uh, Facebook he messages in saying spring football belongs to the XFL. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with that as far as the resurgence of the XFL 3.0 with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson now being a part of the the ownership group for that. I don't know if that's coming back or not, but I, I would think not. I think that you know you were not going to try to come back during a pandemic. Uh, that's what you know shot it down the second time. Right. But can you imagine if that was staying afloat? And you would have been a great landing spot for a Justin Fields and a Trevor Lawrence. Like that would have been one hell of a way to resurge that because they would, you know. And to be honest, they would not have been a part of it this spring to begin with. But um, there was some good. There's big personnel players that the XFL could have targeted had that been the case. Um, but interesting stuff. But is spring football better than no football? I'm curious uh, as far as the listeners go. Who we got? We got Steve. Let's go to Steve. Steve, I appreciate if that's still you holding there. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing today? Good, yourself? Well, uh, first question is, Kev, how was the pizza, man? I, I, <laughs> we got that picture lined up. Yeah, it was great, man. It was real good. Um, I did have to go the the journal route. I didn't get a chance to uh, go ahead and get my own dough and everything like that. So I did go to the journal route. It was great. And uh appreciate all the tips on the wings as well. I made some wings on a grill that weren't dry. So, you know, <laughs> it was a good weekend outside of the, you know, the football thing. But, you know, I got my eat on. Thanks for asking, yep. man. Hey, quick question, though. You know, these players are all banding together now and basically are demanding safety precautions from the NCAA and things like that. I mean, it's happening in more than one conference. There's an article this morning, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be part of a, a, a thing that you know, players' demands need to be met before they're going to play. What decision, or how do you think that affected decisions for conferences? These players banding together saying, "Hey, NCAA, what are you, what have you done for us? How are we going to be safe?" And the NCAA has no answer for them. I, I think that's one reason we're seeing this play out the way it is. I think that the NCAA and these conferences are um, backing down to the players, for one, not just because they don't want to give up any power to the players. Two, it's because um, the timing of this could not be any worse. Keep in mind, as much as we do, I mean, the players are saying, hey, we're, we want to know what's going to happen with us because if no, we don't know what's going on with this. Well, the thing is, the schools don't either. And from various people that I've heard from regarding the waivers that were, remember a couple months ago when the players were asked to sign waivers and everyone lost their mind saying, how dare they ask them to sign waivers? 
well, a lot of it could have been alleviated back then had the players just agreed to sign the waivers, acknowledging the risks at hand in playing during the pandemic. And if you don't like those risks and they say, hey, the, the risks past football are too bad, and, you know, they scare me and I don't want to play. I know, Kev, you ain't going to like this, but that goes back to the, well, then don't play. You have the decision whether you want to play or not. Sometimes you don't, just because you want an answer doesn't mean there's always an answer. And I think that's what has kind of led to a lot of this happening the way it has. So let's say the Big Ten does cancel. Let's say... You know, two out of the the Power Five conferences cancel, and the other three go forward. Uh, I I wouldn't consider anyone to be a national champion if it even goes far. But even if they start football, in my opinion, this pandemic is going to come back heavier in the fall. Uh, I I think the season is going to have to cancel if we do start anyway, but who knows? I would be very, I mean, it's going to be interesting if the SEC, and, and Steve, I'm sorry you held long, but uh, we have a guest coming up at the top of the hour. I appreciate the call, man. Oh, we lost, okay. Uh, but Steve, thank you. I, I do appreciate the call. He brings up a good point. Man, do you see, a, is it all or nothing? All schools playing or no, and what I mean by that is Power Five conferences, not the MAC and the others. I mean, like Ohio State and others. Do you see that situation? Uh, do you see that playing out the way it is? No. I think it's a wrap. As soon as the Big Ten announces they're out, Pac-12 is going to announce they're out. So this is going to be down to the ACC, SEC, and Big 12. I think they'll start. Yeah. I know for sure the SEC is going to start, but I don't see them finish. Uh, and that's something we're going to talk about. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, but he's right, though. I mean, I don't care about starting, but let's say they do finish. Do you have a college football playoff with only two conferences? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to protect the integrity of that college football playoff? Integrity. Do this thing I do is, not. This thing has been over with. The integrity is been what you, done. The, the four best teams are in that thing every year. You will not convince me otherwise. And uh, Buckeye fans, don't even. Don't, e- don't, don't, don't even. No, I'm just saying the integrity is, is done. Like we talked about this before where uh, what do you do if a player catches COVID and he's out for two weeks? We look at him just like he's on the injury report. Is this going to have to be looked at? Well, your conference chose not to play. Sorry. You think they're going to care? Those teams ain't going to care. They're going to hoist that banner, whoever wins. Mm. Mm. It'll be the Toronto Raptors of college football. They don't care what you think. It'll be they the Toronto that Raptors. They're rocking that ring. Not with, not with pride. Yeah, they are. No, you think Kyle not. Lowry? You see how much swag Kyle Lowry playing with? You see Pascal Siakam out here balling at the number two team in the East. Yes. They don't care what you think. They Siakam's going to be watching them from home. <laughs> be, Siakam be watching them. The finals from home. How about that? Who's going out of the East? Who's going out of the East? Looks like Boston right now. Yeah, I would say it's, it's Boston or Toronto. I'm not sold on the Bucks. I can't have my best player out here free uh, airballing two free throws, and he's, I'm just not the biggest Giannis guy in the world. But that's neither here nor there. I, I would definitely say it's either the Celtics or the Raptors out of the East. Taking taking on who? Taking on who out the West? Of course, the Lakers. Of course, you would say. LeBron's that. about to get that fourth championship. Of course, you would say that. I'm just saying, uh, David Shaw says integrity they haven't had integrity with the college football playoffs since year one come on now what do you what, what do you mean i i think the college football playoff has got it right every year i mean you can argue about who was going to get in at number four from time to time but i mean overall there's not two i can't think of one play i, I still think notre dame should not have been in was it the last year two years ago notre dame should not have been in they rewarded them just for being undefeated and I didn't think that was right, especially with no conference champion and the strength of schedule was not as strong, but that's a whole argument for a little bit. Uh, we got 
Uh, Russ. Russ says, hey, Justin, I know you are uh, talking college. What are your thoughts on high school? Do you think the OHSAA is going to cancel the season or wait for the governor to do it for them? Russ, first of all, great hearing from you. Uh, we're going to get to some high school stuff in hour two tomorrow. Tim Strait with the OHSA is going to join us to give us more information. Keep in mind, regular season for high school football is uh, now at six games, plus the high school playoff went Oprah. You get in the playoff, and you get in the playoff. Everyone's in the playoff. And you know what? At least we're talking about potentially live football for high school coming up. Hour two coming up next. Joining us from ESPN will ESPN's Dan Murphy. We'll talk some college football with him. The future of the Big Ten is... Show live here on ESPN Dayton. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour two, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Kev, I keep laughing because every once in a while I'll hear one of those promos drop. <laughs> the Ohio State season is finally here. September 3rd, the Buckeyes kick off. Oops. At Illinois. O-H-I-O. Man, I hope that's the case. I really, really do. But uh, it's been a bleak day in the college football world, and uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. Just kind of, It's basically what uh, the leadership direction has been lack thereof since the beginning for college athletics and mm-hmm. that's wait and see and that's kind of what we're doing right now let's bring on our next guest excited to bring him on we have espn's dan murphy dan welcome in sir how are you i'm great justin what's going on with you uh you know just uh i mean I, is there anything going on in college football to talk about right now i i, I don't think there actually there's a plenty uh to talk about we, you heard us just mention the wait and see that's basically the approach that everyone's taking right now where are we within that wait and see approach what's the latest you're hearing I think we're about to the end of the how long you can possibly wait, especially with the season, like you just said, only a few weeks away. They've, uh, you know, all of the college sports leaders, whether it's at the NCAA level or at the individual school level, have sort of been trying to put off uh, as long as they can making this decision in hopes that they can find the right ways to do it responsibly and safely. But I think finally it's gotten to the point where, at least in the Big Ten, which starts its season sooner than some of the other big conferences, um, you know, they have to make a decision. It's not fair for players to continue practicing if they're not going to be able to play the play the season. And so, I, you know, I would expect within the next uh, 12 to 24 hours at, at the latest, we'll have a, a pretty definitive update from what's going what's to happen with the Big Ten moving forward. You know, we see Coach Ryan Day from Ohio State. We see John Franklin, I mean, James Franklin from Penn State jumping on Twitter, uh, backing their players, saying they're going to fight to have this college football season. What effect do these coaches have on actually the season actually happening for the Big Ten? Yeah, it's been interesting to see both coaches and players, right, within the past day or two or over the weekend at, at length, um, trying to make an 11th hour effort as it seems like you hear more and more that it's kind of crumbling and that it's not likely to happen. They're, they're pushing back and saying we can figure out a way to do this. Um, but frankly, I don't know that that is going to be a deciding factor in any way. Everybody knew the players wanted to play. Everybody knew that Ryan Day and James Franklin wanted to have a football season for for all kinds of reasons. Um, but the question, you know, the, the real big question that university presidents and people making these decisions, conference commissioners, have had to figure out for several months is, you know, can they stomach the, the risk? Can they handle the liability of somebody potentially getting sick or even worse, dying on the field due to, or not on the field, but due to coronavirus and, and because of their, their playing football? Um, and can they find a way to sort of safely, uh, 
proceed in a way that, that they wouldn't be in trouble in the long term and they wouldn't have athletes getting uh, dealing with, with lifelong potential medical fallout from it. And, um, you know, as much as coaches may want to have a season and then they, they are powerful guys that have, have a loud voice in this, I don't think that changes the most important part of the equation for anybody. We have ESPN's Dan Murphy with us here on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Dan, I'm curious. I mean, the final decision maker on this is who? For each individual school, it's not the athletic director, correct? It's the president, right? Yeah, and at this point, I think that's the level it's trickled down to, it seems like, where a lot of the conferences are trying to band together, band together and make these choices as a group. But I think if we see the Big Ten you know, step out and say we're not going to do it this year, you're going to start seeing – university presidents on an individual level have to make decisions one way or another whether they're going to pursue something different um you know we already just just earlier today scott frost in nebraska said hey if the big 10 doesn't go that's what we want to happen but if they're not going to go we're going to go try to find a game somewhere else um so i, I think it will yeah trickle down it's obvious yeah it's not the coaches it's not the athletic directors it's the university president is going to make a decision whether or not the school can you know safely sponsor football this year all right, so I'm on Justin Fields. Uh, the Big Ten announces no college football or no Big Ten season this fall. Um, we all think he's going to the NFL, but, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I want to go play somewhere else. I want to enter the transfer portal. That's going to be a common theme, maybe not for a guy like Justin Fields, but uh, how many guys do you see jumping ship trying to take advantage of that situation? Is that a mess that the NCAA is ready for? I mean, I, it's a great question, and it's one of those, like, uh, one of a, a thousand things that could unfold that I don't think anybody has a real plan for because of how uh, weird and, and unprecedented all of this stuff is. You know, I, I think that gets pretty tricky. I don't know how many teams are going to want to add guys a couple weeks before the season. I don't know uh, if they have the ability to add folks on, on scholarship limits, right? Most teams have a, a full roster at this point and wouldn't be able to just pick up a bunch of people without cutting players and i can't really see that happening but um i'm sure players and entire teams are going to be looking to see if they can play somehow and whether that's uh picking up random games in the fall or whether that's you know i you know you've heard the idea of a spring season floated out there some some type of a season in the spring i think everybody's going to continue to try everything they possibly can to get something done um but what exactly that looks like i, I don't know that there's a whole lot of rules up that, that are going to govern that right now yeah, Justin and I were joking about how many rumors are floating around. It seems like NBA free agency. But what do you make of the rumors about Nebraska and possibly Iowa joining the Big 12 for this season? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, you know, I've heard that jumping around. And uh, do I believe that behind the scenes people are kicking the tires on that kind of thing? Yeah, I could see that, wondering if, if they can't play there or can they play somewhere else because, you know, both for – the desire that these players have to take advantage of the small window of time and for the the financial decisions of, of playing or not playing i think schools are going to explore every opportunity they can and um you know i don't know how that shakes out i don't know what type of long-term repercussions if if uh, you know nebraska and iowa decide to go play in the big 12 are they forfeiting the 40 or 50 million dollars they get every year from the big 10 in the long term because of that uh, are they going to be punished for that there's Another variable that schools are going to have to think through as all this stuff shakes out. It's uh, it is a, a wild, crazy, uncertain time right now. ESPN's Dan Murphy. Dan, just two more things here. The first one being, not and it's not really asking you. Do you think there'll be college football this fall? But uh, do you? I mean, is it all Power Fives or no Power Fives in your opinion? Um, I think I think it'll be somewhere in between. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it, it'll be, and it, it might. 
we'll see. Right now, like it, it has the potential to, to devolve into a school by school basis of who's going to play and how many they can play, and it might be, you know, a throwback to uh, 120 years ago when teams were just sort of uh, writing each other's letters and trying to pick up games and, and figure out how to piece together a schedule. Um, anything's on the table at this point. I think that there will be certainly some teams and some leagues that do everything they possibly can to play. Um, but if, you had, if, you're, if you're saying pick one or the other, I think it's more likely that nobody plays than everybody plays. In a college football playoff, I mean, again, that goes against what you just said and thinking nobody plays, but assuming, let's just say, me and Kev were talking about that before we brought you on, uh, let's just say it's the ACC and the uh, and the SEC that play this year, some, whatever form of a season they could put together. Are they still doing a college football playoff, in your opinion? Yeah, there's still a lot of money on the table for, for those bowl games and for the television rights to put those games on TV. If there are four teams that are left standing healthy enough to play football in December <laughs> and January, they're going to play with those four teams to decide a, a national Wait championship. Wake Forest Vandy. <laughs> and you know what? Millions of Americans are going to tune in to watch because we'll all be starved for football at that point. So, uh, you know, that might come with a, a big fat asterisk on it. But uh, if, if there's four teams left to play that they can do it safely and feel okay with it in December, I, I firmly believe that they're going to try to do that. And timing is everything. Uh, you look at the storylines from last season. I mean, Joe Burrow, for instance, I know he just tweeted out a little bit ago or said in a press conference that, you know, if this would have happened a year ago, he'd be looking for a job in the NFL right now. He would not have a Heisman. He would not be the number one overall pick. He, probably I mean, based on what his draft grade would have been, he would have most likely been the an undrafted free agent at this point. That's crazy to think about. It is wild, and I think that's part of the big consideration of a lot of this stuff is, how do you how do you sort through what the draft looks like? How do you those players uh, who have a really small window to figure this stuff out um, is another one of those you know throw it on the pile of, of somebody's look some, somebody's going to be hurt by this. Every, you know you want to try to figure things out in the most fair, equitable way possible. Do you let those guys come back for another year? And then you penalize the high school seniors that are coming up with having less opportunities, and it, it's a bad situation that is out of the control of any human being and and some people are going to get the raw end of this deal and i don't you know i think everybody's grappling to try to make sure it's not them at this point but i don't know how that shakes out right now all right dspn's dan murphy good enough to join us here on the justin kenner show with kev nash kev you got anything left uh, oh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, we're on Twitter a lot, and we're looking at all the fans' reactions, especially in the Big Ten. So we're in Big Ten country, but the backlash that the commissioner is receiving for this, like he's the one to blame. Uh, do you believe there's any one entity to blame that the college football season potentially is going to be canceled? There isn't, and I, I think that's the problem. There isn't one strong power. There isn't one voice that's emerged as, as a true leader. And if anything, it's sort of the lack of having that voice that's been the biggest problem for trying to get uh, strong, definitive answers from anybody out of this is everybody sort of waited for somebody else to be the bad guy in making a tough decision or for somebody else to set the precedent from another league or another school. Um, and I think that's why we've got ourselves in this situation where it's going to be a, a crazy storm of, of a few days, I think, in trying to finally reach a conclusion. And, and I don't know if it's the, the best and, and most effective way to make a decision like that. All right, give him a follow on Twitter, at Dan Murphy, ESPN. ESPN's Dan Murphy, good enough to join us to help us kind of fit some of these puzzle pieces together. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Much appreciated. 
if anybody can really complete this puzzle, please let me know because Lord knows I can't. But yeah, thanks for having me on to talk about it. <laughs> Take care. All right, good stuff there. Um, lots of interesting things to think about as far as that's concerned. For instance, uh, for one, what we were talking about college football playoff. Do you, you know, do you still have one? I mean, is it still worth it? I guess the reason it's still worth it is. Because you do have the SEC, and you do have the <laughs> ACC, and you still could end up with Bama and Clemson in the national title game, or, you know, you'll, you'll have something. I mean, you'll have something there. I'm calling it Wake Vandy. Yes, and by the way, I'm getting some people messaging in about the Blue Jackets. I promise you, we will get into some Blue Jackets talk coming up around the corner. I will get into some Blue Jackets talk coming up around the corner. I, I don't know if you, you care about the Blue You're, Jackets. I care. I just don't know anything about hockey. I, I, I know nothing. Outside, it's a good time to go to, man. This well, is fun. Maybe my tease could have been us talking hockey there, right? Or you talk about the Indians. We're uh, just one of two or three from the White Sox. Or your team is an embarrassment to all the sports because, hey, if you want to find out how not to act during a pandemic, Facts. let's leave the hotel. Facts. You can't take my insults with, like, stride like yeah, that. Got, hey, man. Get them out of here, bruh. My goodness. Go back to Cleveland. Quarantine for two weeks. I'll let it. I feel like Michael Lorenzen. I just lobbed that one up to you, and you just knocked it out. Lorenzen. Oh, at least he has big muscles. We got some red stock <laughs> later on, too. But football fans, one more time I want to hear from you. 457-9464 reaction to some of what we just heard from ESPN's Dan Murphy and your expectations for moving forward. It does, I mean, I, I don't feel like we're going to have a Big Ten season. Uh, I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, look at everything going on. But no Power Five. Or some Power Five, and is spring football better than no football? I say it is not better, or it is better than no, or it is not better than no football. I don't want a spring season. As I've been saying from the beginning, you either play in the fall or not at all. We'll be back in a moment. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. I need to update that promo. We need to figure out who that damn program director is. <laughs> but I'm purposely leaving those in there. Because until the Big Ten comes out and says that, hey, we're done, those promos ain't done. Yeah, you're right. You well, know, you just try. I got to go take that down. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know me. I'm not the biggest Twitter guy in the world. But I have been glued to Twitter all day long. You know, I hit you up. I inundate your text feed with stories that I'm reading as I'm on my morning walks and everything like that and I've been glued to my phone all day long man all day long trying to get updates trying to see like is this real is this fake what rumor is this what rumor is that is the Big Ten officially going to cancel the season what's going on who's saying this what's Coach Day saying he wants there to be no college football season because it's you know he, it's just something for him to talk about First of all, let's be clear here. If there is no Big Ten season this year, it's going to be a big topic for a week, and then it's going to be miserable until next recruiting cycle, right? Right. So anyone out there that actually thinks that any media member out there truly does hate football, you are, you've lost your mind. Mm-hmm. No media member out there is rooting for a sport not to happen, period. Like, that that's not the case. What reporters and media and talk media and content, 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 content. That's what people. That's what. That's what media really thrives for is content. Not oh, I can't wait for there to be no football, so I have nothing to write about this season. Like, right. how dumb do you have to be to actually like wake up in the morning and go through your day with a brain that functions that way? That you think that people actually are rooting for that season not to happen? There are just some people who, like Max said, hey, you know what? 
You don't have to be an epidemiologist to figure this out. And I only laugh because of the emails that I got, and then I end up, you know, this today or yesterday or Saturday happens, uh, bleeding into today. And, yeah, 0% is what his response was for the reasons that are happening right now. So now the next thing, the next big part of all this, Kev, is going to be, okay, well, do you really just not have a season? Do you really just, like, no Buckeye season whatsoever? Um, you know, are they even considering playing in the spring? And, of course, that's the, that, that's the next big hurdle right here. Spring football, is it better than no football? And I'm going to tell you right now, no, it is not better than no football. You either play football in the fall or not at all. And here's why. It sucks that we are already not getting a full fall 2020 season. It's, it's not cool that if there is a spring football, that it's going to be a, as a result of because of no uh, football here this fall. Like All that stuff is, is just it's, it's frustrating, and we all understand that. But keep in mind that I'm of the – I would rather – if you play in the spring, you are also impacting the product for next fall as well. It's bad enough that we've had to adjust to this fall, uh, potentially having no football. It's bad enough that we're going to have to adjust to uh, almost a year and a half with no football if that is the case. But I don't want a weird, strange spring season, and I don't want a weird – you know, impacted fall season and potentially having to move that back. You cannot, you cannot have football in the spring and then expect to have a normal season come the fall. It just doesn't work that way. So, no, for me, I am not a fan of football in the spring, especially Ohio State football in the spring. Is it heartbreaking that the Buckeyes will not kick off this fall if that if the Big Ten actually does move through and, and cancels? Yes, it is absolutely heartbreaking. But for me, you either kick off in the fall or not at all. Spring football, I don't want spring football whatsoever. Leave it alone. It sucks that you've lost out on this. But let's be honest, the NBA season's a prime example. I love that there's basketball to watch right now, but it's going to be very strange when the NBA Finals, if it gets to a Game 7, comes on October 12th, and on November 11th, camps are opening up for the next season. That's weird. It's strange, and you, we might forget about it at a certain point halfway through next year, but the point is, is that's still very, very weird. I mean, the the NBA players just had a full off season, mm -hmm. and then some. They had a four month off season. That's a month longer than usual for a regular off season. And now they're oh, when I'm seeing the stats, oh, here's how many points a game he's averaging this year. I'm like, oh, stop, stop. I mean, we got to get rid of. Here's how many games he's averaging in the bubble because this year, stop. You had four months off. That's a month longer than what you usually get in an offseason where a rookie usually has a drastic improvement from one year to the next. So, no, I, I don't want to see that with college football. Um, I just don't. You either kick off in the fall or not at all. What say you? As usual, we disagree. Well, as usual, I control the camera. So if everyone... <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for any form of college football whenever we can get it. Whenever we can get a season in, if it's a short season in the spring, I'll take it. Uh, if we just have, I don't know, maybe we only have the Big 12, SEC, and ACC in the fall, and we get Pac-12, Big 10, and you know the MAC in the spring, I'll watch it. I want it. I need it. I love it. Bring it. I love it with the with the you know pursuing the college football playoff. What are you pursuing in the spring? The MAC Bowl. <laughs> I mean, look, Ohio State, they're, you know, they're going to end their season in a championship game against Bowling Green. This isn't week two of the regular season. Why are you ruining it, man? I'm just saying, like, you got to play for something, and just playing for a cute little Big Ten championship means nothing. That's for the Indianas of the world, not Ohio State. You play for a college <laughs> football playoff. You can the other, baby. You can. can. You absolutely can. You Ohio can. State has never won a national championship without winning the Big Ten title. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, can't have one without the other. Okay. Can't have one without the other. Win the Big Ten. But you can. Ohio State, I mean, I was going to say, which time do they get beat by Clemson? They always get beat this by Clemson. This guy. This but guy. The two times ago, they didn't win the Big Ten championship and, <laughs> and got shut did, out by Clemson. And they didn't win the National remember? Championship. OH, 31-0. I remember that game vividly. Man, Rob let's is go, on the line. Let's man. go to the, let's, who? <laughs> Rob. Rob, what's up, man? You're up. Hey, hey guys. How we doing? Good. Good. Hey, you Notre Dame fan here, you know that. Oh, Notre Dame Rob. <laughs> and look at you laughing. You're in a good mood because you know, man, your team is going to play this year and all these Buckeye fans upset because they got to think about spring or potentially next fall. Just wait and do it all in the spring. Football's football. It'll work anytime. When I said either kickoff in the fall or not at all, my point was for Ohio State and Big Ten football. That that I meant that for all college football. I mean, if all of college football then re, you know kicked off in in the spring, and that includes the other Power Five conferences, I could wrap my head around that. I just don't want to watch the ACC and SEC this fall, and then the Big Ten in the spring, and then have to hear about an SEC or ACC national champion and and hear everyone talk about that because really this Ohio State team is good enough to win a national championship. That's why I just don't want it to go down that. Round. Sure, but uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. It's good for your team. I mean, it could potentially be Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, and obviously, you know, LSU or I'm sorry, Alabama and Georgia probably. Well, Notre Notre Dame and Clemson play each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the yeah, and Georgia and Alabama will play each other. Right. I mean, I, it's it's like this. The baseball season it means nothing. Okay. The what? The games. It means yeah. nothing. The baseball season means nothing. Nothing. That's not true. Well, not in my opinion. In my opinion, it does. Why, why do you say that, though? I'm curious. What do I say? It's sixty games. I think that makes it even more. I think that it makes it even more important. That's why I like it better than 162. But um, keep going. I'm sorry. Right. And if the, if the Reds, if the Reds win the title this year, that'd be great. I'm a Reds fan. Haven't even watched them yet this year. But it just, it just seems like it just means nothing. Um, a bunch of cardboard cutouts of people in the stands. It just it just means nothing. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm into it, but no, that, that's, a, that's a fair take. I've heard a lot of people with no fans in the stands, it does ruin the viewing experience um, as, as far college as that football, goes. College football needs fans in the stands. But that may not happen now. I mean, they're fighting awfully hard to make it happen, but that may not happen. Right. Uh, I mean, what's uh, what's the word with Notre Dame? By the way, have they announced if there'll be fans in the stands or not? Because Ohio State just came out two weeks ago and announced theirs, or three weeks ago. I have no idea. Okay, so but if they don't, will you? Well, so you're saying it wouldn't feel the season would be nothing with no fans at Notre Dame? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Okay. And, but at least, but at least they are bringing back the natural grass. <laughs> It's the little things, right? It's the little things. Hey, uh, little things go far away, and I just can't believe we don't have Regis Philbin here on earth and watching Notre Dame football. It's sad. Absolutely, man. We'll talk later. Adios. Okay. Later. Bye. The Regis knew that was for last week. We forgot to touch mm-hmm, on that, but mm-hmm. this is the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash. Yeah, man. I was curious about, I wanted to ask him, did he want fans more than he wants the games? Because the game is more important than fans being in the stands. Yeah, I'm I'm not okay with no fans in the stands, but I'm I just want football. I don't care. I, to be the piped in crowd noise when I'm watching baseball right now, I don't I don't even notice that it's piped in crowd noise anymore. Agreed. Like it's really, it, it's it's I'm settled in on it. Even listening on the radio, 
I have no. I mean, I just totally forget that there's no fans in the stands, and they've done a fantastic job with that. And this is a prime example of why when we say oh, there's no way that anything could happen during the coronavirus. We've thought back in April there was no way that there could be baseball, and there's been baseball. That, and by the way, baseball is winning right now. I thought it was losing at first. It's winning. You've had two teams who have had major screw-ups uh, in the Cardinals and the Marlins right now. And uh, overall, the league as a whole has been handling it pretty good. i, I got to give them that. Who else we got? Let's go to Ben. Ben, how are you, sir? Good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for holding. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just calling into the point about this is that you know, I, and I understand what you're saying about, you know, you like to have it in the fall and not at all, but you got to figure if you're that student athlete that's playing that has no chance to go anywhere beyond college and you're just playing because you, you're, you're on the team and everything, then you're rooting and hoping that somehow, some way you get to play. And if it has to be in the spring, then so be it in the spring. Even and if it's split, like because like, if Alabama and if Alabama and uh, I'm sorry if the SEC and ACC play this fall, and Ohio State and others kick off in the spring, is you have the same tune as far as that? Well, I mean, I, I don't know, but I don't. I think as soon as this ha- that would happen, I think they're all going to fall and just say, "Look, we're not going to all do it." What, what, really what do you think about this? What if what if they did this? And then you wouldn't do it. Never mind. That wouldn't work. That's a bad idea. Just keep talking. The more you talk, the less I talk, and everybody wins as far as that goes. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe you'll think of it in a second. But, no, I'm just saying I think when one falls, they all will kind of fall. Now, the last one might be the SEC to try to hold on, but I think I think they all will just fall the suit, and then they'll all go to spring. And that's why I say that, because you gotta you got to think of the large landscape of all the players that are on the team and everything. Yeah. And then – you know, and everything, and and it's great to have baseball in terms of the the sound and everything. I'm actually kind of enjoying it without the fans because you can kind of catch uh, the hear you can hear the uh, players a little bit more. Did you so hear uh, Christian Yelich's home run yesterday? By the way, oh my goodness, it slapped yeah. off the scoreboard, and I had never heard anything that loud in the game before. And I'm like, man, you don't hear that if there's fa- fans at Miller Park, man. It was unbelievable. No, and you can hear the interactions a little bit, and then I, just real quick. Also, you were saying, well, there hasn't been too many screw-ups. I would add the actual fight the other day. I, I think both teams are going to get seriously get a lot of players thrown out because not only did they uh, have the fight, but none of them were wearing masks when that happened. So, oh, you're talking I about the, the Astros, gonna... yeah. I, the, the, the two teams I talked about messing up were the uh, you had the Marlins, who had players traced back to nightclubs, even though Derek Jeter came out and said they were going to get milk, whatever. Uh, and then you had <laughs> then you had the uh, the Cardinals players who were traced back to a casino where they caught the virus uh, and had a major outbreak there. In fact, they have more players positive and are going to miss this week's game. So, <laughs> but if you take out the Cardinals and Marlins incidences, baseball's actually other than a few pop-up positives here and there, and even some self-reported guys, but I am very impressed with baseball. As much as I beat on beat up on baseball, I have to give it to them. Considering players are traveling and going home to their families every night, uh, I think it's pretty impressive what baseball's been able to do. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I I'm just glad it's back. And you know, if football doesn't have fans, then they don't have fans. At least we can watch it. Hopefully. Well, so. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Though. Hey, take care, man. I appreciate the call. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. All right, let's continue with your calls when we come back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here for a few more minutes. When we come back, let's pick up with your calls. We have Keith waiting. I see Mark and Eric and Tim. Back to your calls next. Fall football, fall football, or not at all. You either kick off in the fall or not at all. Or do you want it in the spring? We'll continue next. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? 
At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. Welcome back. We are back. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash. Keith, you, you dropped right when we we're ready to go to you, man. Uh, Keith, call back. We'll get you back to the front of the line. 457-9464. Spring football. Is it better than no football? Or are you like me where I'm like, you know what? If we don't kick off in the fall, let's not kick off at all. You know, fall 2020, it just wasn't meant to be. Let's make sure that fall 2021 kicks off the way it's supposed to. And uh, that's why I'm one of those where I'm like, of course, I mean, if you say you want spring football, mm. let's, let's argue it this way. People are going to argue and say, no, they should not be able to transfer. But you're saying that because it's your team and you want them to stay on your team. But if this role was reversed, if the Big Ten was the ones being all, you know, our chest is out, we're going to play because it just means more in the Big Ten. And the SEC is the conference that apparently doesn't mean anything to, and they canceled. You would be clamoring for the Big Ten absorbing their players. So why should other conferences not absorb the Big Ten players? I believe, because this is out of the players' control, that if the Big Ten pulls the plug on the season tomorrow, that, yes, every player should be allowed to, to transfer if they want. It doesn't mean that they'll be able to. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's going to be enough teams. That, I mean, trust me, there's a lot of teams that would be interested in Ohio State's players and Wisconsin and Michigan and Michigan State. I get that. But that's the other thing to consider, folks. Four five seven nine four six four, Or we are live on Facebook. Head to the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook, the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Search for the show and comment in there. Do you believe that if the Big Ten pulls the plug tomorrow – should all players be able to transfer? I believe that they should. It will pain me. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see Ohio State's roster get gutted. But that's out of the player's control. And I'm not pro-player too often. But when you lose out of an opportunity that's out of your control and other conferences are playing, oh, mm-hmm. absolutely, you should. Um, the MAC. Is, and so it's only a matter of time before we start. You know, I think we're waiting to find out about Power 5 season before we'll right. start hearing about the trickling of other players. But you're also running out of time. Right. I mean, Ohio State started practice on Friday. You know, so that's the other crazy thing as far as all that goes. Um, I'm all for it, uh, guys transferring. You know, I sent you that article about some of the big-time Mac guys that have pretty good potential to play in the NFL looking to find new schools to play for in the fall and everything like that. I mean... Speaking as a Florida State fan, hey, man, if Wisconsin, you know they have great offensive linemen. Hey, all of them come and start at Florida State right now because Florida State's offensive line is garbage. So, hey, Wisconsin, old linemen, come on down to Florida State, play some ball, get ready for the league. Is is Unfortunately, that's how it is, you know. There's a lot of things on the table right now. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be mad at any of the Ohio State guys transferring to a different school. In order to play, I wouldn't be mad at any of the guys like a Justin Fields who have NFL potential saying, all right, well, it's been real time for me to leave and go start preparing for the NFL draft. I, you can't be mad at that. You know, um, the school is doing what's best for them. And these student athletes have to do what's best for them as well with this whole situation. All right. So head to, head to Facebook. 
Again, search for the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook or ESPN 1410 Wing AM. Uh, we are live on Facebook, taking your comments there and your reaction, your responses. This has been a crazy day in reaction to all this. We've spent a lot of time on it. Blue Jackets fans, I promise you, we're going to get to the big win for the Blue Jackets last night and then what's next up for them with the playoffs now underway. Uh, NBA bubble, not going to focus too much on that, but we'll kind of give you an update as far as the playoffs should be starting here relatively soon. Monday. A lot of teams are wrapping up their little uh, eight-game regular mini-seasons. And uh, by the way, they, they totally revamped that NBA season to get Zion in the playoffs, and that was just a total failure, that whole thing. <laughs> Not him, but that whole thing ended up being a total bust uh, as far as that's concerned. Reds off tonight. We'll get into that as well uh, around the corner as far as how they performed over the weekend. I said they needed at least two or three. They got that, so what does that mean for the Reds moving forward? But here's the deal. Big Ten, they pull the plug, and the SEC moves forward with the season. If the Big 12 and the ACC move forward with the season, I believe every player should be able to transfer if they want. I, I really do. I, I I think it's just one of those things where you can't sit there and tell players they can't do you know that they can't transfer uh, when it's something that's out of their you know out of their you know whatever decision what you, making. What do you feel about Iowa and Nebraska potentially joining the Big Twelve? Uh, and and look and by the way, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, Ohio State, well, they could potentially do the same thing too." Their president's the one of the ten that voted no to playing. Yeah, uh, Andy and some others were messaging in earlier. So that's fine. They could join the Big Twelve. Why would they do that? Their president already said no to playing in the Big Ten. Why would they just all of a sudden go play in another conference? I saw someone else on Twitter today. Can you imagine Ohio State playing an SEC schedule? No. And I won't because it will not happen. <laughs> Imagine Ohio State playing a Big Ten schedule this year. That's what I care about. Their president voted no to playing in 2020 against a Big Ten-only schedule. For those out there that think that playing in the Big 12 is a real or is a possibility, it's not. That's not going to happen. I, I I don't get it. Uh, who's the trace as the Big Ten uh, mercenaries' highest bidder wins? Um, this one uh, from Gordon. Gordon says, "I hope the whole team transfers if they are allowed." I, I think that's a little dramatic. <laughs> I mean, you know, we heard from the MAC. Obviously, we're um, going to potentially hear from the Big Ten, but we haven't heard from the Conference USA's, the Sun Belts, uh, the WAC. So, you know, it's a lot of other school dominoes to fall before we get to D-Day, so to speak, with college football. But uh, that big domino with the Big Ten is potentially tomorrow. Nick Maloney on uh, Facebook says, congrats to that team up north. And we've got a lot of this today. Uh, Kev, they said they won't get their ass kicked by the Ohio State University for the first time in nine years. And then again, if uh, old khaki pants keeps his job one more year. So actually, this does keep uh, Jim Harbaugh employed for one more year. So <laughs> he should be good. I don't even think he's... Uh, has. Yeah, you know, he did have to donate ten percent of his salary back. Uh, you know, another one about uh, Michigan. Man, no love for uh, that team up north. Not that I'm shocked. At least uh, that team up north can't get embarrassed again, as we've been talking about. So, uh, I, saw, I found another one that was talking about, of course, Justin Fields, and I'm trying to find that one and where it went. Oh, uh, here it was. Another one uh, here on Justin Fields is crazy to think about, but uh, the next helmet that Justin Fields puts on will probably be a Carolina Panthers helmet. That's the other real. That's the other part to this reality that we haven't even considered, Kev. The Justin Fields run with Ohio State is prematurely over with. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Davis as well. Um, and, yeah, I just think, obviously, the higher-profile player. Oh, yeah, I'm Justin just saying, Field. like, you know, you lose the quarterback, you're going to lose probably two starting offensive linemen from this season. Um, you know, Chris Olave. You know, there's going to be so many guys that are going to say, all right, man, that's it. 
I'm I'm go ahead and get ready for the pros, and it's just just a waste. It's just a waste, man. You never got to see these guys during their third year and see them develop to their full potential at Ohio State to no fault of their own. So you know it sucks. Man, Justin, college football got robbed of Justin Fields. If that's the case, yes, um, it's unfortunate. Of course, he goes to Georgia, and uh, he goes to Georgia. Obviously, sits behind from. And transfers to Ohio State last year and plays. Uh, someone messages into the show, too, uh, saying they, you know, that Joe Burrow would have been a bigger waste to college football than Justin Fields. We don't know uh, because right now, if you would have looked at that after Joe Burrow's one year as a starter, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have said that. Nope. And uh, that's the thing. Imagine Joe. No, you know, imagine if this storyline happens a year ago. Joe Burrow. There would be no Joe Burrow in the Bengals. The Bengals would still have Andy Dalton. With Chase Young as their number one overall pick, <laughs> I mean that's what's crazy uh, about all of this, as far as that is concerned. But uh, we've spent a lot of time on this. We'll continue to take your reaction uh, on Facebook and, of course, on the phones at four five seven nine four six four. So many question marks. What happens if the Big Ten pulls the plug? Do the players just get to transfer elsewhere? All right. Does the Big Ten? Does Ohio State want to go play in another conference? I say no. Their uh, president already opted not to play in the Big Ten this year. So, so many question marks out the college football playoff. If some Power Five conferences play and others don't, is there still a college football playoff? So many question marks out there. Hour three coming up. High school football. New playoff format for them. New regular season format. The Blue Jackets get a win. The Reds are off tonight. Hour three next. Welcome you back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here. It's hour three. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash on ESPN 1410 Wing AM, streaming live at wingam.com. And then, of course, you can watch us as we are live on Facebook, ESPN Dayton's Facebook page. Search the Justin Kenner Show. Philip Reed on Facebook says, hey, Harbaugh can finally say he didn't lose to OSU in the fall for once. I mean, I, I got to give Buckeye fans credit. They they are finding the positive in all of this, and uh, that is all that matters right now, right? I mean, as far as that is concerned. Um, Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, says uh, he tweets out just a little before three earlier this afternoon that uh, that they are swinging as hard as that swinging as hard as we possibly can right now for these players. This isn't over. Hashtag fight. And they, and again, and I and I respect the fact that you know Ryan Day and coaches and you talked about that when we had ESPN's Dan Murphy on earlier. Uh, a lot of coaches going to bat. Um, for their season, as they should. I expect nothing less. But keep in mind, as we talked about earlier, making the presidents of these universities be the bad guys is not fair because when you hear Ryan Day say, or when you read Ryan Day tweet out something along the lines of, you know, we uh, right now, you know, swinging as hard as we possibly can for these players, this isn't over. Keep in mind that the decision that's being made about whether or not to have a potential football season, that's not a decision that's being made just for the stu- for the athletes. That's being made for the students. So when presidents are pulling the plug on a season, it's not because they view it as protecting the student-athletes only. They view it as protecting the other students that are on that campus. Now, a lot of campuses right now for those universities who are going to have students on campus, keep in mind this, that they are being asked to sign certain waivers. I know a couple uh, friends of mine that are reporters at various universities, some here locally, that are going to have students on campus have forwarded me information that was within some of these documents that students are having to sign to kind of 
basically is almost a waiver agreeing to that these campuses are being looked at as bubbles, Kev, and that once you step foot on campus, when students begin reporting to campus for fall semester, that they are not allowed to leave that campus. They are not allowed to go home and visit family. They are agreeing to that they are not going to leave campus. Now, there will not be, this will not be policed. This will not be something that the schools are going to go around making sure that everyone is staying on campus and not leaving and not going home. Um, but it's probably more along that plausible deniability type of deal. Right. Like, hey, we they agreed that they weren't going to go home. So if there's this big outbreak on campus, you can't sue us. I mean, they agreed that they weren't going to go home, and they went home, and here we are. Kind of like Major League Baseball a little bit. Hey, we had the rules in there that you should not be going to clubs and bars and, and these big social scenes. You need to remain socially distant if you want to get a season in. That's what Major League Baseball had to warn all the players. Hey, we have our rules in place. You can't sit here and say, oh, baseball's not doing enough to protect us, but you have these morons going to clubs and bars and trying to do this whole thing as if nothing's wrong. And then when they create an outbreak amongst the league, do the whole, what? We was just going to get milk. You know, I, just, I just needed some milk. Give me a break. So that's why when you look at these situations, you have a, a lot of uni- campuses. Again, every university is going to operate differently, Kev. But if... They, if the regular students, that's so regular common folk who are nobodies in the eyes of everybody, um, I'm curious, how do you expect them, how do you demand that they stay on campus? And the idea is that they're going to be bubbled uh, within, that they're not going to leave campus, but you're going to send your student athletes, okay, you're going to Ohio State, they're going to go play at Illinois. Let's say they bring the virus back to campus. I'm seeing way too, there's so much tunnel vision going on right now. Look, I, we do a sports show every day afternoon. It's easy for us to live in that sports bubble, no pun intended, where we have that narrow-minded bubble vision, all right, that sports bubble vision, and uh, where we act like every decision that's being made for universities is for athletics. That's not the case. We know the importance of athletics and the revenue it generates for each university, but also we did the math earlier. Let's say a university that has 60,000 students on it, Kevin, and 20,000 of them leave at about 11,000, 11,000 for a year that they end up opting out, you know, they end up going home because of a huge outbreak. You know, that's 200 plus million dollars right there just for 20,000 students at, uh, you know, you know what I mean? We're talking from that standpoint right there. Just from tuition, 20,000 students, if they leave campus because of a huge outbreak, again, 20,000 is a lot, but you see my point. Um, So when these university presidents are making decisions, it's not their job to have sports be the driving force for them. Because you could say, oh, look at all the money it generates. Well, look at all the money that us regular common folk bring to the table. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. the, 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 the students that you're trying to protect are the ones that you are paying with the scholarship to go to your school to, to play football. Us regular folk, we're the idiots that are going into debt for the rest of our lives paying to go to your crap university. So that's basically where we're at as far as that goes. I want to make sure I put this out here for the record. The university I attended was not crap. Shouts out to the Wright State Records. Wright State wasn't crap, but I'm just saying. I love you. The debt is crap, you know. Oh, yeah. Now, that's for sure. I just finished paying off that student loan. I can only imagine what people are going through that went to Ohio State and UD, how much their student loans are. So, and that's my whole problem with all of this is, you know, we were talking earlier, you even asked Dan Murphy about it when we were asking him, you know, is there, who's, who do you blame here? Is this Mark, I I believe that, I can't blame the outbreaks around the country on Mark Emmert, but I can blame the lack of direction on Mark Emmert. I have no problem if you had a plan and that plan fell through because all of a sudden the virus numbers just took over certain parts of the country. I have no problem with right. that. I don't blame it. That's why I don't blame Warren. I don't blame Kevin Warren, the, the Big Ten commissioner. I don't blame any of the Power Five commissioners. You know, I keep hearing all day today, you know, even I tweeted out earlier that the NCAA's lack of leadership is to blame, but as I thought about it and we talked about it, even if they had someone in place that was a great leader and that made the right decisions, 
we would still be talking about the season potentially being canned right now. Yes. That's the reality of it. And the SEC believes they've done it right, Kev. They believe they've done it right. Now, I found that you sent this to me just a few minutes ago. I found this interesting. This is a quote from Nick Saban. And 457-9464 for the new listeners who are just tuning in that are getting off work. Hope you had a great day. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend as well. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk all day about the potential of the Big Ten pulling the plug on its season. It'll probably be tomorrow. Um, and, you know, that report made its rounds today. You would have thought it was announced today with the horrible reporting that was done around the country today, and then a lot of outlets that grabbed that and ran with it. Um, you know, Keith Byers was hosting his show today, and people were calling in angry. Tell them that the season's canceled. The season was not canceled as of earlier today and as of right now as we currently sit. It's probably well on its way to being canceled, but no, you wait till you actually have a confirmation that it has been pulled. And so many media outlets today, locally and nationally, ran with the story that the Big Ten had pulled the plug on the season. It's probably going that way, Kev, but as of right now, we don't know. But Nick Saban out of the SEC, I think you've heard of him. Yes. He had an interesting quote. I just read you Ryan Day's quote, again, swinging as hard as we possibly can right now for these players. This isn't over. Hashtag fight. That was Ryan Day on Twitter. Here's Nick Saban, and I, not too many times I agree with Nick Saban, and Buckeye fans, I think you could even agree with Nick Saban on this, I would think. Nick Saban says, our guys aren't going to catch the virus on the football field. He says that they are going to catch it on campus. The argument should probably be we shouldn't be having school. That's the argument. Why is it we shouldn't be playing football? Why has that become the argument? And that is a great statement. That is why earlier today I said, let's reverse the script here. If I'm a regular student, I'm demanding if it's too dangerous for these college athletes who have more resources being, being put into them to protect them, if it's too dangerous for them to play football, how is it safe for us to congregate here on campus, be in these classrooms, and don't mention no social distancing in the classrooms. If you think that little red X in between seats between you and the next person in class is going to protect you, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Even in rush restaurants right now. All, all the restaurants that are putting X's on tables and telling you to stand this far apart, that stuff's not really keeping you safe. That is to give the impression that they're keeping you safe. When you go to a fast food restaurant like Taco Bell and they put the food in the, and I'm not bashing them, it's what you got to do, but the contactless handoff, they they literally, I watch them, they, they grab the bag, they pick it up, they put it in the box and then hand it to you <laughs> as if it just magically appeared in the box out of nowhere and they didn't just touch it. Cut out the middleman, hand me my bag so I could be on my way. But everything that's going to be done on campus to protect the students on campus it's all malarkey man like that's that that stuff's not going to help because you could put x's in line in the in the cafeteria you could put x's on the tables in the classroom but the bottom line is we're, there's going to be the only x's that'll be at the bar will be your x that's the only thing you know at the bar they're going to be following social distancing protocols the dorms parties Bars, I mean, clubs, I mean, give me a break. So the, the students are the ones that are actually in bigger danger here when it comes to this virus than the student athletes. So Nick Saban saying the question should be, should we be having class, not should we be having sports? And I agree with him 100% on that. I agree a lot with what he's saying because um, the biggest thing is the student athletes, they're going to be getting tested two to three times a week on campus when you go back home to dayton columbus cleveland wherever you're from if you a student athlete at ohio state you're not going to be getting tested that frequently you know you're going to be getting tested when you go get tested you know you're going to get free testing when you're a student athlete at ohio state so i agree with that um the whole situation about you know if if you're going to be catching COVID from playing football, we still don't know that yet because we haven't played football. 
So we don't know that for sure yet. But yes, I believe like catching COVID. Yes, you are safer at a university, especially if you're a college football player, because you're going to be getting tested a ton. So that means you're getting tested. That means you can quarantine a lot faster and get it over with a lot faster as opposed to catching it and not knowing you have it and then having to go through the whole process. So, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, and so again, Nick Saban says you're not going to catch the virus on the football field. And I think his thinking to that, Kev, is that, no, you shouldn't because you're going to be tested before heading into games. You're not going to catch it on there. You're going to catch it being on campus. Uh, and that's the deal. And that sums up my whole thing about all this. For everyone bashing the team presidents, I mean, all day, Buckeye fandom media today has just been ripping uh, the commissioner of the Big Ten and Kevin Warren. They've been ripping, uh, you know, all the, the campus presidents and everything. And I'm like, I have no clue why you're blaming them. They have a responsibility to the entire student body, not to your weird homerism fandom that you have, and not just to a select pocket of student athletes. They have a responsibility to the entire campus. They are the campus. Pre- they are the president of the entire campus, not just the president of athletics. Which is why when Mark Emmert announced months and months and months ago that it would be up to university presidents whether or not they would play. That's why I knew back then it was going to be a, a long shot because those presidents have a different responsibility to address than what the athletic directors do. Everyone has their own their own uh, invested you know interest in all this, and that is where all this is going to be a problem. Hell, you've already read the reports that the athletic directors and presidents aren't on the same page. Right. That that's been the communication. I mean, Adam Rittenberg with ESPN tweeted that earlier. Communication amongst ads and presidents has been the biggest issue throughout all of this. The ADs and the presidents aren't on the same page. Conference by conference aren't on the same page. You know, we look at Mark Emmert, and I know you can't stand him. I'm not a big fan of him either. So he always relies on to say, well, these conferences work independently. But you're still the guy in charge. You're still the face of college sports. You can tell them, like, hey, we need to get this buttoned up. We need to get a square idea you don't necessarily have to say hey this is what we're doing you don't have to be the commissioner like of the nfl or the nba but you do need to be the figure point and the person leading the charge trying to get this sport rolling and making sure everybody's safe and making sure all parties are communicating be a leader be a boss about it you know hey ohio state your ad is not communicating with your president hey why aren't y'all talking let's talk let's get on the same page let's have a zoom call with all the presidents all the ad's let's lock something down to make sure this season can still happen but he hasn't been doing that he's just waiting for his check on the uh first and 15th so that's what he's been doing all right so there's a quote uh, right there from nick saban If you're watching us live on Facebook, you could see a quote here from Trevor Lawrence because another part of all this has been the players trying to come together to form um, a movement here, the hashtag we want to play. Um, And this is Trevor Lawrence saying, people are just as much, if not more, risk if we don't play. Players will all be sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they were to contract COVID-19. Not to mention that the players coming from situations that are not good for them, their future, and having to go back to that, football is a safe haven for so many people. We are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing Football. Well, I get what he's saying. Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence again on the 2020 season that, you know, he put that out on his Twitter account. But Kevin, keep in mind, football, it's not they they don't they're not worried about. I mean, with all due respect to the players and a lot of guys come from different backgrounds and all that. But the, the schools aren't worried about that. Hey, all they care about is is 
that we get that you might be going to a worse situation. Oh, but it's kind of funny now, by the way. You're about to pull football from these guys, and now they're all like, oh, man, well, we have all these horrible places we're coming from. This place is heaven. This place is great. Please let us play here. Now, all of a sudden, college football is just this safe haven that, I mean, is the best place to be. Not even a week ago, we were talking about how horrible college football was. We were talking about how these student-athletes needed someone to protect them, to save them. And now, all of a sudden, college is just the safest place in the world. It's kind of funny. Maybe this has been a ploy from the beginning. Maybe this has been a way to get, maybe this was the Big Ten and some of these conferences getting some of these players to shut up and, and, and play, right? Yeah, everyone loves and you use uh, that phrasing, right? But no, in all seriousness, what if that's what this was, Kev? Because look at you, Trevor Lawrence and everybody. Now it's like, oh, okay, no, we want to play. We want to play. It's okay. It's okay if I have a heart damage after this COVID-19 thing. It's fine. I want to play. Please, 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 please don't make me go home. And the Big Ten tomorrow will be like, all right, you're good. Justin Fields, suit up, man. We're good. Watch. Wouldn't that be very weird you and would ironic? I would not love it. Yes, but that would be the ultimate media ploy. The Big Ten, the plug was pulled. The Big Ten probably leaked it to that boob over in Detroit that put that whole story out today that everyone ran with. Kev, I'm telling you, all these players painted the NCAA to be this horrible thing. And then what's Trevor Lawrence do? He paints this beautiful picture of how great the NCAA is. Now all of a sudden they take He's care of him? He's not painting the picture Are that the NCAA me? is great. He's painting a picture that Clemson University and their athletic program is great. Just the same way Tough Borland tweeted out over the weekend about the great job that Ohio State is doing. He's not talking about the NCAA. He's talking about Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about their individual situation. They, um, I know for a fact that the that what Ohio State is doing for their athletes, Colorado State ain't. What Clemson is doing for their student athletes, Texas State ain't mm-hmm. because they ain't got the money to do what those great universities do. That's what that they're talking about their individual situation, not the NCAA. And you have these people, oh Trevor Lawrence, he's stepping up and being a leader. Justin Fields talking about the Buckeyes. You want to know why these guys would be horrible leaders for the student for the student body? Why Trevor Lawrence and Justin? They're selfish because we just heard all these issues at what Colorado State and others. Mm-hmm. I don't see Trevor Lawrence speaking up for them. Right. I don't see Justin. Fields. So why am I going to give you a players' union? Because you're only worried about yourself. You're only worried about your campuses. So that's why Players Union wouldn't work as far as that's concerned, because you're going to have some that are saying how horrible theirs is. Others are saying how great theirs is. Bottom line is, it's just funny how a week ago the NCAA was this big, scary place that, man, I don't even know if I want my kid to play college football, not because of the concussions, but it sounds like it's the most racist, horrible, uh, mean place you can ever send your kid to. And then today it's just this wonderful safe haven for everyone to go to to be protected from their horrible lives back home. I'm telling you, watch tomorrow the Big Ten. It'll be fine. If we're going to have a Big Ten season, this was all a ploy. Oh, uh, you turned a corner? I, 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 as I've started talking through this, I'm looking at it I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling that this was all a ploy to change the perception of college Kevin football. Kevin Warren's a genius. Kevin Warren is a genius. There's going to be Big Ten football. I, I just figured it out. They just needed to remind. You know, parents do that with their kids all the time. They try to, okay, you want to be an adult? Go out and be an adult. No, 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 no. I like that you pay for my lunch, Mom and Dad. No, 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 no. I love that you pray for my car insurance. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kenner kept, uh, and, and I bring that up mainly because you look at the fact that the Cardinals have missed a lot of games, but that's self-inflicted. You know, that that's, that's on them uh, as far as that goes right now. And you look at the Cincinnati Reds, 
they've you know they were they already had that seven inning or the two seven inning double headers with the Cubs or whatever. My thing is or with the Tigers, you know the Reds could actually benefit from playing multiple seven inning double header games. If they don't have to go to that trash bullpen, the Reds would be in great shape. They would really be in great shape. I mean the starting pitching just continues to roll. Um, by the way, things got real ugly. Um, you know, last week we know with Luis Castillo on the mound, the Reds lose thirteen nothing. Uh, we had we had the show the other day, of course on Friday, and it was like the sky was falling. And I thought the Reds uh, were, you know, with the way they looked the night before, it looked like they had no life left in them. And I always say, when they, regardless of the sport and regardless of whether I like to take some jabs at uh, David Bell here and there, if a team looks lifeless, that's on a coach, that's on a manager, and that's in any sport. You can lose. You can lose four to three because of your bullpen. You can't lose thirteen nothing because of no effort, no will, no desire to win. That's on David Bell. The Reds obviously rebounded well over the weekend, taking two or three from the Brewers. They had a chance to break up the brooms yesterday. That was obviously uh, not the case. And David Bell, of course, was asked after the game, of course, about another game where Michael Lorenzen is thrown out under the mound, Kev, and can't get the job done. Is it ERA, ERA over 16? I mean, it's embarrassing at this point. I mean, literally, the Reds, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. But if the playoffs started today, they'd be out very quickly if they had to go to Michael Lorenzen. Now, my problem is, is David Bell is such an analytically driven guy that it's hard for me to to give him the benefit of the doubt when he's such an analytically driven guy, but yet continues to go to the pitcher that the analytics are telling you not to go to. That's what I don't understand. I can accept a manager's philosophy that's way different than mine if it's leading to wins and the decisions are the right ones as far as the results. So Trussell Ball was cool with you. He won, right? Like, it would probably, and to be fair here, Trussell Ball, in my opinion, and I don't think it's a hot take, it would not work in the college football playoff era. Think about that 2002 season. They were beating bad teams barely. Mm-hmm. You were... Beating bad teams barely, beating good teams barely. Keyword, barely. Barely. <laughs> and style points matter in the college football playoffs. So trestle ball that that you know, we and a lot of people got bored with it. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, but but it was it was a it was a man it was a game it was a clock managing type deal as well. Mm-hmm. That defense for Ohio State during the Trestle era was fantastic. We know that. Not that it's any different now. We had that one rough year that Haskins was the quarterback, and it's unfortunate that offense. I think a championship was left on the table as far as that's concerned. Uh, but keep in mind that right now, the way I look at it, when it comes to David Bell, when it comes to the Reds, you can manage how you want, but it has to lead to wins. Has to lead to wins, and it's not doing that. Now, they took two or three over the weekend. They lived to see another day. I think they needed this off day. Hit a reset button, uh, and you have the Royals and Reds coming up tomorrow. Um, and that's going to be a key one right there because the, the Royals aren't very good. But when you are a good team, you're expected to be able uh, to make the playoffs and beat bad teams. So, um Here's the you know what I'm saying as far as that goes. So that, that, that's all. I'm curious to see if the Reds are going to be able to be a dog against a dog against a bad team against a bad you know if they could be if they could be the aggressors as far as that goes against a bad team in the Royals like this. I think that's going to be key um, as far as that goes. You got to beat the teams you should absolutely and stop losing the games you shouldn't. You just couldn't. You just couldn't help it. But I think that's simple and common sense for for your Cincinnati Reds as far as that goes. Now, on the flip side, the other team that uh, many people are on me about, look, we don't talk a lot of hockey. And, I'm, and to be fair, 
rather than, and I've always had this approach, and you know, me and Schlemmer talked about this all the time when we did the show. I'm not going to pretend to be a hockey aficionado. I'm just not. Um, I, I like the Blue Jackets. I watch the Blue Jackets when they're on. I do not follow hockey to the point to where I could, you know, efficiently have a half-hour conversation on hockey. Um, but right now, when you look at the exciting, uh, you know, games that the that the Blue Jackets have had to be able to get to the playoffs right now, to be able, I mean, they closed out that game last night. They had blown a, a three three nothing lead what two nights ago or three nights ago whenever it was and then last night they have a three nothing lead again and they're able to hold on to it this time and not let it slip away my thing is this is and i don't know how many cross you know cross-branded fans we have in, in the reds and the blue jackets but i'm curious which of these teams is going to go farther in their respective playoffs we're going to find out first of course from the blue jackets at this point but i guess i'm narrowing this down for those of you fans who are reds fans and blue jackets fans two different sports duh, obviously uh, i'm curious for those who are able to gauge the room for both teams, which team is set up to have more success in their respective playoffs? Uh, the Blue Jackets, of course, last year went on their deepest run in the play in playoff in their playoff history, uh, and that was a fun little run. I mean, that that I could feel the excitement in. And the Blue Jackets were fun last year because they opted to go all in at the deadline. They had some big names uh, that they easily could have moved on from to be able to get some pieces back, and they didn't. They said, "Hey, we're going to go all in." They didn't feel like they had a team to win a championship, but they said, "You know what? This is the best team we've had, uh, and we, this is going to give us the best chance to be able to go uh, in a deep playoff run." Hey. And they bet it on themselves. And I've always said last year's Blue Jackets team is what I wish every Blue Jackets team would, would be like as far as that goes. Like I, I want every team to look at the, the free agency and say, hey, you know what? Sure, we can get prospects back. But man, if we're good enough to win with this guy right now, I'm going to do it right now. And I wish more teams would pull what the Blue Jackets did last year. You said before you don't not a big hockey guy. Right. But right now, the excitement there is for the Blue Jackets. And people get mad if we don't bring up the Blue Jackets. And it's an exciting little run for them right now. But... Who knows? I mean, for me, I don't follow them enough to sit there and give a, a you know a full monologue about the Blue Jackets. But when one of our local teams are going on a run like they are right now, it's pretty exciting. Did you know with hockey, by the way, they've had like over 1,300 tests and zero positives. Goose bubble. Egg. Bubble works. B- working in the NHL, working in the NBA. Uh, Blue Jackets' first game in the playoffs versus Tampa Bay tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So get your hockey on or listen to the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's always exciting when your local team, no matter if you follow the sport or not, you want your local team to do well and you want them to go far and you want them to win a championship so you can be a bandwagon fan. Like I was last year, I was a bandwagon Blue Jackets fan. I didn't watch hockey on TV. Oh, they're winning? Oh, let me check them out. Oh, we scored. Yeah. Come to work the next day. Yeah, I saw the game. Of course I did. Been locked in all year. Oh, by the way, I mean, <laughs> look at this. I mean, for those for those of our friends on Facebook, I mean, look, I'm the biggest I'm the biggest CBJ fan in the world, man. So there you go. How'd you decide on number 18? <laughs> Is that what the number was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found out that's a sweater, by the way. Yeah. Not a jersey. It's a sweater. Hockey sweater, yeah. I might even win. I might even wear that baby. I might even put that baby on. Man, I used to have a bunch of hockey jerseys, sweaters. Uh, yeah, that too. Hockey sweaters. Uh, who was it? Who was it? Was it Carolina? Pa- no, it wasn't the Carolina Panthers. Whoever the Panthers were in the NHL back in like the nineties, they had a dope, great sweater. I'm trying to find it. See, and why the Florida Panthers? Were they that back in the day? By the way, why would you be the Panthers in Florida? That's weird. exactly. I don't know what they were. You should have been like the, the Florida Polar Bears or something like that. Made no sense. <laughs> right. I'm googling it because I want to find out 
Uh, but no, Blue Jackets, again, they've reached the first round of the NHL playoffs. Uh, Maple Leafs run out of comebacks. And keep in mind, that was the big frustration with the Blue Jackets as far as that's concerned, not being able to sustain the lead. And they were able to do that last night. And this is a team that many people, you know, we figured that the fun years were kind of done for a little bit after losing a lot of the top pieces to free agency over the last couple seasons. So nonetheless, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and look, our goal was to be able to carry Blue Jackets games this year. But because, you know, with the, with the way the schedule ended up working out, because of COVID, we're not able to carry both the Reds and the Blue Jackets. Um, but we will, at a certain point, if we can clear an entire round of playoffs, then yes, we will bring you uh, Blue Jackets hockey uh, as far as that is concerned. All right, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here. Uh, but yes, for you, you know, for the, the Blue Jackets fans who also follow the Reds, I'm curious your thoughts on between both of those teams, which of those teams has a better chance to go on a deep playoff run? Both teams have their flaws, but both teams have enough, uh, you know, bullets in the tank to be able to kind of make a run at the same time. More of the Justin Kinner Show, more of your reaction to everything that's been going on throughout the day with college football. I still think we're going to – I still think it was college football's trying to scare the athletes into making them realize, hey, you don't have it that bad. You don't have it that bad. And we're seeing it work. You have all these athletes coming out saying how great college football is. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. When we come back, don't go anywhere. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. We welcome you back. Uh, interesting little report coming out of here from uh, Joel Sherman, Major League Baseball writer. He has some interesting comments regarding how the Cardinal situation is going to be handled as they have missed so many games. If you look at right now the standings in the NL Central, uh, the Chicago Cubs are 10 and three. The Brewers are six and seven. The Cardinals are two and three. The Cardinals are two and three. They played five games. <laughs> The Cubs have played 13 games. The Reds are 7-9. They've played 16 games. And the Cubs have had to miss a few, again, against the Cardinals. And the Brewers have missed a couple against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are screwing this entire how to handle their record for playoff chances. Bet the rest of the league will not be happy. Yeah. I would not be happy either. At all. What are they going to do? Like, a percentage of games that they won? Like, the Cubs are only playing 57 for the remainder of the year. Unless, like, if the Cardinals and Cubs don't have to make out, make out, make up those games, that would put the Cubs at 57 games on the year. The Reds are trying like, they're racing like hell to be able to catch up with the Cubs. It's a long shot right now. I mean, again, we are only, you know, a quarter of a way through the season. So, I mean, a lot can still happen. I mean, the, the Cubs can hit a, hit a little bit of a lag as well. Uh, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, 10-13 to start. The Reds are 7-9. and nine. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. But if they get hot, but here's the problem. If the Reds do complete a 60-game season and they miss out on winning the division by two games or three games and the Cubs only had to play 57 and the Reds had to play 60 right. and those additional three games that the Reds played over the Cubs happen to be losses. I mean, you could say, well, some of those losses are to the Cubs. I don't know. But I think that's ridiculous. The Reds had to play games, and Joey Votto self-reported, 
You know what I mean? Like they didn't shut down the whole team because Joey Votto self-reported uh, uh, COVID-like symptoms two weekends ago. The, the Reds didn't shut it down when Moustakis and Nick Senzel self-reported COVID symptoms as well. Right. So the, the reality is, is moving forward, if I'm any team, we have a player test positive. We're just going to play anyways. Sure, we might have to miss a week or two, but you know what? We have we're seven games over five hundred. We're in good shape. We don't, may not have to play the remainder of the games. That's fine. I'm like I think that's wrong. Major League Baseball needs to fix this. If I'm the Cincinnati Reds and I missed out on a division title because I had to play sixty and I had more chances to lose than the Cubs or the Cardinals, and the Cubs are a little bit of a different beast right now. The Cubs are really good. I don't know what the Cardinals are at this moment, but I'm not rewarding. Right. <laughs> I'm not rewarding the Cardinals. For being one of the teams that just dis, I mean, they just straight up disobeyed the protocols that were put in place. I think that's messed up. And I'm curious Reds fans' reactions, because I think right now people aren't realizing. We're not going to notice it. I'm bringing this up now as we sit here in mid-already, mid-August. But I promise you, a month from now, when we start gearing up for October, fans are going to start realizing, wait a minute. We're three games or two games behind, but we've also played eight, nine more games than the right. Cardinals. What's going on here? Then you're going to be angry. I'm, just, I'm suggesting, to, I'm bringing it to your attention now to start paying attention to it. This is going to be a problem. I don't know what you do. Um, you know, if you don't force them to make up the games, I mean, I'm looking at this here. Uh, I mean, they're only the Cubs are only playing 57. It's making them even harder to catch if you're the Reds. Do you do the win percentage? Do you do the standings by win percentage at that point? I don't know if that alters it. Man, that would as many games as the Cardinals have missed, man, like, they're going to only play, what are they estimating them playing? Not till Friday. So if you were supposed to play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's four more games that you're behind. I mean, by that point, so like, again. So they're already, they're going to be playing like almost 15 less games than everybody. Yeah, the Reds would be, by the time that, the Reds would be playing game number 21 on Friday. Or on Friday, number 20. They would be playing game number 20 on Friday. Oh, hold on. It would be better if I did the math with it in front of me. That way I can get this right. So they're 9-7. and seven. They're at 16 games, so they're off today. Yeah, they'd be playing game number 20 on Friday. The Cardinals would only be playing game number 6. And yet, right now, the standings show that the Cardinals are a half game ahead of the Cincinnati Reds. I've said this before. I'm never a fan of canceling an entire league because one or two teams screwed up. I loved what the bubble did, or what the uh, the TBT did. Again, I'm not going to compare the TBT, a 10 day run tournament, to professional sports. But what I love that the TBT did is when they announced their field and a player or a team had some positives, they just said, "Look." We hate to do this to you, but because of the times, we just we have to move on. Like we we are not going to cancel the tournament because they had like three or four teams that they had to bump out of right. the TBT, but then they just replaced them and kept going. You can't replace the Cardinals, right? But you can just keep moving. Well, what I suggest they do is how they do in the NBA, where you have to have a minimum games played to be eligible for a certain stat. So, like, if I yep. if LeBron is leading the league and scoring with 30 points a game, and then I show up the last 10 days of the NBA season and go crazy, and I'm averaging 40 points a game, I don't count because I've only played five games. So, they need to be able to make sure that every team plays a minimum of X amount of games to be eligible for the playoffs. Well, and that's the thing, too. And I think the reason that the Reds fans aren't as fired up about this is what I thought they would be is mainly because 
I think the Reds have soured a lot of their fans with their up-and-down performance as of late. Again, they did take two or three from the Brewers, who are ahead of them in the standings. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I mean, that was a good weekend. That was a good win for the Reds. Some of the bats came alive. Um, you know, you look at Castellanos, his his run continues. Uh, I do think that at a certain point, you do got to be a little concerned about Joey Votto. 7-9, the Reds' record as we sit here on August 12th, or August 10th. I'm sorry, I don't want to speed this month up any faster than it needs to be. Um, but, man, uh, Ron on Facebook says, I think the Cardinals must play double headers, or like Kev said, must play um, so many games. And Ron, I agree with you, but the problem is, I mean, we're talking a lot of double headers then in that situation, and where are those dates? Because we're right. talking, I mean, you're already 10 games behind, and you're going to miss four. You're going to be, so as you said, they're at five games. They'll be playing their sixth game when the Reds are playing their 20th. So mm-hmm. you are 15 games behind. Where are you making those up? There's not enough days for you to play those double headers, or enough days that you play those teams you've missed games with to make it up. And you also penalizing the other team. Yep. For what the Cardinals did by being reckless with their social distancing purposes. This isn't like a rain delay where, hey man, hey it rained, you can't do nothing about it. We got to play a double header. You're making up these games because of the what the Cardinals did. So it's a uh, it's definitely a sticky situation, man. They got to figure out something. Yep, and then uh, also keep in mind some uh, more Reds news from earlier today that the Cincinnati Reds are close to finalizing a deal that is going to get potentially 20,000 fans in the stands at Great American Ballpark for this year. Not 20,000. I keep saying 20,000 because that was the, the that was the total that the Buckeyes were going for, if they even have one. Um, <laughs> the Reds, though, are 20%. I'm sorry, 20% capacity at uh, Great American Ballpark. And I'm curious, they would be the first Major League Baseball team to get that approved, if that's the case. I mean, I think it's always going to be, and as we knew from the beginning, a state-by-state thing. Uh, again, a gov- you know, the governors are going to have to prove that. Here's the deal, though. Here's why I think it's going to happen. I think you'll have Reds. I think you can have fans at Reds games by the end of this month, if high school football kicks off. How can you allow high school football to kick off with limited fans in the stands? Even though I don't think there's any fans in the stands because mm-hmm. they already announced that, anyways. But if high school football kicks off and they adjust it because they could change it any time. I mean, right. keep in mind the only reason that order they they just basically kind of re up that order overnight because it kind of, you know, it was up at the end of that night. I think they could change things. I mean, I still think there's going to be fans, that, you know, unless the the Bengals, have they announced, no, they just announced every ma- every fan in attendance has to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. The Browns have not made any official announcement about their policy on fans. Yet. I would assume it's going to be a mask mandate as far as that goes. But I think we could have fans at Great American Ballpark by the end of this season. Or be by the end of this month, I'm sorry. By the end of August. I mean, you brought up that high school situation. If everything goes the way it's looking with the Big Ten announcing they're canceling fall sports tomorrow, there will be no high school football in the state of Ohio. You matter think fact, so? It, matter of fact, it won't be any high school football in each state where they play Big Ten college football. There won't be any high school football. You can't have the high school athletes go out there and not the college athletes. I, I, I think you can because the reasons for pulling the Buckeyes off the field is not for the same reasons you're going to be pulling the high schoolers off the field. I mean, college is such a different beast. You're having bodies coming from all over the place You're ha- as far as just the regular student body. But you talked about how county to county it is. We're spiking in Montgomery County, spiking in Mercer County, spiking in Cuyahoga County, spiking in Franklin County. Basically, all the high population counties in the state are spiking. So what are you gonna do? Like these, all these places are hot spots right now for COVID nineteen. I just don't see it possible. And, and furthermore, I just think it's a bad look. I think it's just a bad look to have the, I don't, the, the lower level playing in the higher 
the middle level isn't playing. I just just think it's a bad look. And this also just came down on Twitter from who did this come from? Coming from Adam Adam Rittenberg. Sources: Mountain West has postponed its fall season, including football. Second FBS league to postpone. Obviously, the MAC was on Saturday. Now the Mountain West today, and potentially the Big Ten tomorrow. So here's why I think. I mean, again, John Husted comes out and tweets out earlier that what's the greater risk to people under the age 25? He's not a, he's not for canceling the upcoming athletic season or having students not be in the classroom. He says, what's the greater risk for people? Two people under age 25 canceling in-person learning and extracurriculars to protect them from COVID. And again, he has sports in parentheses or leaving it to chance. Um, how they'll how they'll fill this time? You can't take these things away from young people and expect good health, academic life results. Um, and he is and John Hughes says a, is he is providing a huge push behind Governor DeWine's stance on the future of high school athletics. And right now, and tomorrow on tomorrow's show, we are going to have OHSAA's Tim Street on. And uh, we're going to have him on right off the bat. We're going to have him on at 3.15 tomorrow to talk about because we haven't even got into that today. It was something that kind of came down late Friday, but we we had more important things to talk about, like grilled pizza. <laughs> um, it was delicious. So after within a week of already having to talk with Eric Sparr, the GWAC commissioner, about them having to redo their their schedule, okay, uh, they in fact, I spoke with him over the weekend. He... Literally, just as they were wrapping up their new schedule for the G-Walk, had to then scrap that again because now the rules changed for high school football. A proposal was accepted. A six-game regular season that still kicks off on time. End of, you know, August 28th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or end of August, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to kick off at the end of the month. And you're going to have that, a six-game regular season, and every team makes the playoffs. So they're scra- they're reworking it again, and they believe that John Houston was a big component behind. Not believe he was a he played a huge role in that revamped role or whatever policy format, and that they believe it's going to get approved. Mm-hmm. That they they did that to make Governor DeWine feel more comfortable about when the season is going to end, and it still gives them you know it gives everyone a chance to be in the playoff and yada yada yada. Uh, playoff games, uh, you're you know you're not going to have teams traveling all over the place, higher seeds will be, you know, that type of deal. So, I still think that there is a good chance. I feel better about and I can't believe I'm saying this because it, it was the opposite. I felt better. Two weeks ago, I would have said I feel better about college football than I do about high school football. And for whatever reason, because everything's day-to-day, this is why as bad as leadership has been, I don't blame leadership for why, something, why this is happening today. I think this result would have been the same in college for good leadership even as opposed to bad leadership. I just think that you're at the mercy of the virus. For whatever reason, though, I just think there's more moving parts in college than there actually is in high school. I feel better about a high school season than I do college at this point, and I cannot believe that I'm saying that. I thought there was no chance in hell. I hate to swear using talking about high school, but I thought there was no chance in H-E double hockey sticks that we would have a high school uh, fall football season. But yet here we are. I think we're going to be talking about high school seasons coming up and not college football, which is just mind-boggling to me. I just don't see it happening. I don't see high school football happening when college football is on the brink of cancellation and the college kids or college athletes are being tested at least two to three times a week where obviously high school athletes can't be tested that much. They don't have the revenue to do so. So, like, I think it's a very sticky situation. And they also deal with everything that 
the colleges are dealing with. You know, you got to keep the rest of the student body healthy. You got to keep those teachers healthy. You got to keep everybody healthy. You got to keep everybody safe. So I'm I'm still not sold that it's going to be a high school football season. But we shall see, won't we? Absolutely. All right, that wraps it up for us today. Big stuff today. I mean, I, I can't believe we're at this point where, I mean, just less than a week ago. It was about all, a week ago. It was all about the Buckeye release, you know, the Buckeye schedule that was released. Now, 2020 doesn't look so hot. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk with Tim Street from OHSAA tomorrow. We'll have Jay Williams, ESPN. Uh, he'll be joining us coming up on Wednesday. we got a big week for you. Have a great night. No Reds baseball tonight. Until tomorrow, it's been the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash.